Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Greetings, moviegoers! You are listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews, bleh, with Sky! The end, Khaled. And we will suck Blah. your blood in your cock. <laughs> I will suck your butt. <laughs> so here we are doing Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> Two weeks of Adam Sandler. Well, I guess on the note real quick of just like uh, sucking butt and all that. <laughs> um, oh, the, you've the had a busy week. Remind me of this. What was that? You've had a busy week. Oh, you would not believe. Now, the uh, the bracket reminded me of this. For whatever reason, um, in Nightmare Before Christmas, I remember me and my brother, we got so much hours of laughs from changing the line in uh, one of the songs in Nightmare Before Christmas. You know the song uh, where he says, the, the actual line is, uh, to a guy in Kentucky, I'm Mr. Unlucky. Yeah. We changed it to, to a guy in Kentucky, I'm Mr. Buttfucky. <laughs> I think it's an improvement. Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman's into it. Me, me and my brother were just, we kept, then it became a thing where we were playing a guy calling Mr. Buff, sort of like, Mr. Buttfucky, how are you? <laughs> and since I am dead, I can give you some head. <laughs> <laughs> so good i love that movie though so i i feel a little dirty making fun of it well it'll it'll be a light topic of discussion on this episode because this is our halloween episode and uh and we you and i colin and sky are your hosts and uh i hope i hope the swampies are okay with that i know i'm okay with that because i ain't afraid of no hosts <laughs> Did you hear that was my uh, my fire alarm thing went off because we're bringing the heat this episode. <laughs> the heat. You see what I did there? Also, that means I should change the battery in that fire alarm. Yeah. <laughs> the fire de- smoke detector, whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I spit hot. Ho- I spit hot flames. That's why. That's what it is. This episode might end with you like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm burning. Fire. <laughs> Oh, if only, if only. Hey, maybe if, we'll get some good ratings on this episode. Like you have to listen; it's their last episode. The dude, the the <laughs> one of the co-hosts, literally died on it. Yeah, he was sitting in the chair in flames. He was getting burnt to a crisp, and he was still like, "No, we're going to the trailer park." <laughs> Colin, quick, give me tomato, tomato. <laughs> I'm going down, we're going man. Going to the trailer park. <laughs> we're going to the trailer park in hell. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh man, I got to make everything in this episode nice and spooky, nice and nice and um, dangerous, nice and scary. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you doing anything for Halloween? Yeah, so I found out that there is like a scavenger hunt thing at this farm that's literally, it's three doors down, aka the best band in the world, but it's like three doors <laughs> down from my house, and uh, they're having like a bunch of activities and stuff, and I have Logan on Halloween, so I figured we'll go do that during the day, and that'll be super fun, and then- Does he have uh, a costume? Yeah, he's got a costume. You would all right. This kid is four. It is 2020. Guess who he wants to be for Halloween. Um, I'll give you a hint. You're never gonna get it. All right. Uh, like a, a tax broker. Shit, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the year 2020, a four-year-old child wants to be underdog. <laughs> AKA. And now I feel like there's a lot of listeners who might not know who that is, and rightfully so, because that cartoon was out in like the fucking fifties. <laughs> yeah. Or the sixties or something. Yeah. But yeah, I saw wants I to I want to be underdog. That old piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that old sack of crap. <laughs> but yeah, my, my kid's got an old soul. No, he watches underdog cartoons at my mom's house. So uh, okay. then he wanted to be underdog. So that's who he's going to be. And no kid's going <laughs> to understand who he is. Did you, uh, did you have to find an underdog costume? Like you, there was one online that you got or no, my mom, one? my mom is really good at like making costumes and she loves like Halloween stuff. And, yeah. um, she'll, she'll come up when we discuss the bracket because nightmare before Christmas is like her favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I know we've talked about it. I've told you, I grew up on nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, same. I mean, it's the goat. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently <laughs> not, because it didn't win. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you did you have like a favorite costume as a kid? Just I'm just thinking about it now because my mom used to make a lot of my costumes when I was when I was younger. One time we went to a Halloween party. Um, it was myself, my mom, her boyfriend, and my sister, and I pushed for. The group costume, we went as uh, the Reservoir Dogs. Mm, that's cool. Which was easy because then it was just like wearing a suit and then having guns. That, that's pretty much it. Maybe maybe cigarettes. <laughs> or some, oh, you're the Blues Brothers. Some red apple. No, because then you need sunglasses and the hat. Mm, sorry. Although I would have accepted that. I know. I know you like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I had like a... F- favorite costume there were some cool ones that i remember my mom made like she made a uh, a white ranger like power ranger costume yeah back in the day that was pretty cool well i'm assuming it wasn't the new york rangers costume no fuck that <laughs> <laughs> but like i uh i actually remember when i got to like my teens like you know probably like 12 or 13 i like there was always a devil's game in prudentials like in newark uh on halloween so a lot of years I was at a hockey game. Like I was just like, eh, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll go to the game instead. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I remember like the last time I wore a quote unquote costume was like, I think I, I think I was in like seventh grade or eighth grade or something like that. But uh, literally all I did is I got a white t-shirt and then I wrote in Sharpie on it, 
this is my costume. Give me candy like a fucking punk douche. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I remember me and my friends went to this one guy's door and he, he opened up the door and he, without saying anything, he just goes, aren't you old for this shit? It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> See, have you ever watched the show Community? No. Uh, they have they have a few Halloween episodes and there was one where they called out like they got this guy, Jeff Winger. And he's like a ex lawyer and he's in the school, but like his whole thing is like he's too cool for everything. So mm-hmm. every Halloween costume he has, he's just wearing a suit and then he has like one accessory. So like one year he had a suit and a soccer ball and he was just David Beckham. <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> in the so show good. calls him out. They're just like they're just like, You just find a reason to look super handsome on on Halloween. All of my last few Halloween costumes were what can I wear a suit? And this is even like, well, it might have been around when that show, when that happened on the show. But like the last time I got dressed up for Halloween, I was a handsome devil. So I literally just, <laughs> I just wore an all black suit with like a dark red shirt and a black tie. And then um, I had my friend do like uh, eyeshadow, like black eyeshadow and, and guy liner. And then mm. I put uh, devil horns on, and that was my whole costume. But it was just like so it looked like a, like a handsome dude out and about in the city. And that was also the last time I blacked out drinking. Oh, cool. Like, I remember the last thing I truly remember of the evening was being at my friend's apartment and her putting the makeup on me. And then I then I lost it. Like I don't. So you don't know an entire night where you were walking around as a handsome devil. Yeah, I I don't know. I remember we went to this one bar called the Booby Trap, and I only I think I only remember it because there's pictures of it, and I look hella faded. Like me and my buddy Chase are in it, and both of us. You know, this isn't gonna work well for an audio platform, but I'll show you. Like both of our eyes were like this. Like half asleep. So you had no eyes. Yeah, just <laughs> fucked up. It was real fucked up. That night I uh we got back to my friend's apartment and they spent hours trying to get me off the fire escape. I was just sitting on a fire escape throwing up into a potted plant. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, and every time they were like, dude, come inside. I was like, it's nice out here. <laughs> like, I liked the cool air on my face. Like it was, it was nice. Yeah. And then I think, I think I fell asleep either on the floor or my friend put me in her bed. My Halloween's weren't that exciting. Yeah. You saw <laughs> I went to devil's games instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was the devil's game. Oh, you it, were. it was the devil's game. I remember, uh, I guess for any, anybody who actually gives a shit about hockey, uh, you know, we had season tickets throughout like my whole life. I've only actually seen a hat trick, just three goals by the same player in a game, if you didn't know. I've only seen that like three or four times over the course of my life, uh, and one of them was on Halloween. Oh, nice. And yes, I know mm-hmm. what a hat trick I is. Uh, I, know, I figured you do it, but you, know, you don't know about these stupid swampies. Oh my God. You want to talk about stupid swampies? Let's get into this bracket. All right. These fucks. Before fucks. we get into the bracket real quick. Ah, fine. So, should I mention the? I actually went to the movies. <sighs> Save it for next time. For next time, but it's a Halloween. It's a horror movie. It fits the theme. Oh, is it? Yeah. All right. Fine. Okay. Also, this movie's not going to be in theaters very long, so maybe we should just drop it while, <laughs> while we can. Oh, okay. Uh, 
um, you know, I was just, I, I had a, a light day at work. I got my work done. So I was like, you know what? Let me see if there's a movie theater around me. Cause there's regals, but they're all closed. But there was a Epic theater, uh, like 35 minutes away. Okay. They're only in Florida. I think there's like one in Georgia, but they're all like Southern or whatever. But, uh, went to the theater theater. Really nice. Like huge ass theater, like IMAX size. It was Epic. Kind of was actually, but <laughs> I went and saw The Empty Man. I think I saw that that's playing at the drive-in up here. All right. So here's the thing about The Empty Man. The Empty Man is owned now by Disney because Disney bought Fox and it's a rated R horror movie. Oh. And, and Disney was not going to release it. They were holding on to it and they literally were like, fuck it. We're just going to put it out because we can. And they released the trailer last week, and they released it yesterday. My God. So, <laughs> so talk about a dumping. Yeah. So I was, I just wanted to go to the movies, and that was what fit into my schedule. And I was like, oh, horror movie also, like, whatever. But I watched the trailer once, and I went in with super low expectations because it looks like it's going to be one of those movies where there's like a condition you know like the candy man or i mean but it looks like it's gonna be one of the shitty ones like the bye-bye man yeah and uh where it's like oh if you do these things this guy will come and kill you the empty man's gonna get you mm -hmm. and uh yeah and i was just like i've i've seen i've seen this a lot lately because in the last like three years we've had uh truth or dare and countdown and the bye-bye man and uh like Slender Man and the Silence and shit, like all these yeah. movies where it's. So I'm just, I was, I went in with low expectations. I'm not saying that it's good. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's good, but I'm saying that it's way better than those other movies. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's not a yeah. huge bar to jump over. Yeah, no. I left the theater basically being like, I was glad I watched that. Like, I think if I saw it last year, it would have been like we saw 200 movies. It probably would have been at like 130. Okay. All right. That's not too bad. In the, probably in the D range then. Yeah. There's people that are like really like there's, I wouldn't say like huge names, but there are people involved in it that I was like, oh, I'm like I'm surprised that it was getting canned with some of these people in it. Someone from Get Out's in it. Someone from Super 8's in it. I'm trying to think of a few other people. Oh, someone from It is in it. Hmm. So kind of pleasantly surprised it gets it gets stupid, but the movie isn't what you would think it like it presents itself to be this. Oh, this thing is going to come and get you if you do like X and Y and Z. And it ends up like being more about like the cult and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I thought I'd do a little mini review of that because I don't think anybody even knows what the fuck it is because Disney just threw <laughs> through in theaters a week after putting the trailer out. Yeah, it's like, why not? Nothing else is out there. You got it. You don't want to release it anyways. Just throw it into the abyss. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's cliche at times and all that. And there's some stupid stuff that doesn't make <laughs> too much sense. But also, it's not really a jump scare movie. And it's one of those movies where I love when movies do this. The title card doesn't show up for like 25 minutes. Like they actually like set something up. Like the first hmm. act is really good in it. And uh the title card pops up like after they kind of establish like the rules of some things. And I was like, is this movie going to be good? <laughs> yeah. was, it's like, whoa, <laughs> pulling out some, but, uh, some moves. Yeah. But yeah, if it's playing and you just want to see a movie, I think if you go in like 
don't go in thinking it's going to be great. But I think I don't think you'll be like upset after you leave the theater. At least I wasn't. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, because I saw this playing at the drive-in. Didn't know anything about it. There's also some like Mel Gibson movie playing at the drive-in that I think is from this year. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I haven't I haven't. Uh, I like the drive-in. You know, we talk about it, but mm-hmm. it's not the same as the movie theater experience, man. So I'm I'm hunger. No. I got a hunger for that. So that that's same. that's where I'm that's where I'm putting my eggs in that basket. And speaking of eggs, let's talk about this Halloween bracket. Okay. <laughs> I like, like that segue. Well, because like very fluid. At first I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, no, people like egg houses and stuff on like mischief night. Mm, okay. Okay. So let's I get it. So this is, this is our mischief night or yeah. morning. Cause we're recording this like in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mischief morning. Well, that's the thing about mischief morning is only the really skilled mischiefers can go out in mischief morning because it's in the daytime. It takes a lot more skill, a lot more precision to yeah. be mischievous in the morning. It's like it's like the midsummer of mischief. It is. That's actually took the words right out of my mouth. Mm. <laughs> Delicious words. <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, you know we we did the bracket. Thank you everyone for voting. The most voted on bracket we've ever done. Like yeah, we had. The most voters that we've ever had. Like, I was like, I was actually like legit shocked. I was like, whoa, like people are participating the fuck out of this thing. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. I think part of that was on a lot of these brackets, we like put like one thing up. We're like, what, what movies would you want for this bracket? And then some people get back to us, some people don't. So it's kind of a mix of like other people's ideas, our ideas. This was, we, not only the biggest bracket we ever done, because the biggest we had done prior to this was 16 movies. We did 32. But I think this was the biggest percentage of movies that came from the fans. Yeah. <laughs> that And like that we actually, because we get ideas all the time and we're like, that's fucking stupid. We're not using that. <laughs> like, Yeah, sometimes so. sometimes we'll get suggestions that are that are less than uh, perfect in, in terms of like, how does it fit into this bracket? Yeah. Or do, is it actually on theme? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it was mainly mainly movies that came from the Swampies, which was really cool. And then yeah, it was a lot of them. It was it was an epic epic bracket. It really was. But, Imagine if we had to do the voiceover like we did for the elimination. Uh, the um, <laughs> what what was what was that one? The isolation bracket. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, those, those we need to bring those characters back. But yeah, 32 movies, that's a lot of rounds to do. That's a lot of stupid puns to do based off of names. Yeah. So, <laughs> it would have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh I feel like I say this every time we do a bracket. This may have been my favorite. It was either this one or it was the isolation one just in terms of the quality of movies, but there was a lot of really good variety on this one. Yeah. Animated movies, comedies, obviously horror movies, but then there was, you know, different ones where it was maybe maybe more one that's more like campy or one that's more of like a suspense movie. So I feel like there was a really good variety in this one. Yeah. This is easily the best mix of genres that we've ever had in a, any of our brackets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. You wanna you wanna get into the voting? Oh, we have to. Because I got a <laughs> I got a bone to pick with these fucking swampies. Oh, there there's some that I was I was like, are you are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> Dude, I'll just say this. My top five picks to win this 
all lost within the first or second round. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you, Swampies. Well, okay, we'll get to it. Yeah, let's do oh. it. Let's do it. All right. So round number one, the number one seed versus the 32 seed. We had Kiki's Delivery Service at 90% going up against Ernest Scared Stupid at 17%. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service won 56% to 44%, but it snuck that out. And I was like, yeah. how the fuck is a movie with almost a perfect score losing to a movie with almost no score? <laughs> Dude, people, I love the Ernest Scared Stupid movie. I like a lot of the Ernest movies, but I used to have Scared Stupid on DVD. It's like one of the first DVDs I got, like after Demolition Man. <laughs> so you're telling me that you voted for Ernest? I did actually vote for Ernest. <laughs> you goddamn fucking swampy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never seen Kiki's delivery service. I didn't know anything about it, but I knew Ernest. So I was like, let's go. <laughs> I uh, I think you'd, you'd really like it because, I mean, we've been talking. It's not gritty like Akira or anything like that, but it's one of the Miyazaki films. You know, when yeah. we had Ducking and Cat on, we were talking about it. It's really good. But yeah, so Kiki's delivery service one, I was very happy about that. Um, oh, also, I should say this on, on a lot of these brackets. You vote, like we put it up, you end up voting. I end up voting against whatever you voted for just to even it out because I'm just like, this is for the Swampies. But then this time around, everything you were voting for was losing. So I was just like, I'm just not even going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you just you just let the people do it to me. You don't even have to. Yeah, yeah. thanks for constantly canceling out my vote. Why can't <laughs> no we have a, why can't we also have like, a vote on it. Why not? Right? Like we're the ones who are gonna I feel have like to talk it's a about conflict it. of interest. So, <laughs> what about what about our show screams professionalism? <laughs> we own a website. <laughs> yeah, we do. I purchased a domain name. Hey, Squarespace, why don't you sponsor us? And we'll read your ad copy. Turn your dreams into a reality. <laughs> oh. No one's going to sponsor this show. <laughs> <laughs> not after the Adam Sandler episode. No, no, not at all. Uh, the second matchup in the first round, Ghostbusters, the second seed at 97%, going up against Hocus Pocus, the 31st seed at 37%. Ghostbusters won 67% to 33%. Hocus Pocus um, held it down for a minute, though. It did. I'm going to say this. I think this is like the second, this is the second time we've had Hocus Pocus on in our brackets. And yeah. Everyone, everyone says like that. That's probably the most voted movie we get when we're like Halloween movie that you love to watch. Everyone's like Hocus Pocus. And then both times we've done it, it's gotten smoked in the first round. Hocus Pocus got smokest. But, but like if everyone likes it so much, why does it lose immediately? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> everyone's like, this is perfect. But you know what? It loses because of its seating. I think granted it would get knocked out eventually, but that movie is rated so low on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you put it up against a movie like Ghostbusters. It's hard. And I also think our fan base on, at least on Instagram, is probably more male dominant. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Guys, well, they should guys be, are like, they I'm should not going to more... watch a movie with a bunch of <laughs> chicks in it. <laughs> I was going to say, they should be more, uh, you know, they should be more confident in their, <laughs> more comfortable in their sexuality. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And, and vote for Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't watch a movie with girls in it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even like Hocus Pocus, so I was cool with <laughs> it. Oh. I, I mean, I'm it's just, a really saying. good Halloween movie to 
to talk about, I guess. But yeah, I mean, there are much better movies on the list. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking of better movies on the list, the third matchup is what we do in the shadows. The third seed at 96% versus Casper, the 30th seed at 51%. And fucking Casper won 54% to 46%. Literally after we said in our previous episode, man, it'd be so awesome to review what we do in the shadows. That was in my top five picks for the list. That was one of the ones I really wanted to win. Um, That was my number one. That was your number one. I, I really want. I've watched it twice this week. Like it lost, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I don't give a shit. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm it. watching it anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so good. I didn't realize so it was it had such a high score on Rotten Tomatoes until you put the seating together. I was like, holy shit! I mean, rightfully so. It's great, but I I almost didn't expect that from critics. I would have expected it to be kind of like in the mid 80s from the critics, but fucking awesome. 96. That's great. I, uh, I thought about this when I was watching it, and I don't know if this is a bold statement or not, but I was thinking about his movies. Uh, I like that more than Ragnarok. Like, that's my second favorite Taika Waititi movie. Wow, okay. Yeah. And he's working on Akira, which that's got to be cool. Oh, yeah. it's gonna, Yeah, I'm excited. But uh, that was a huge bummer. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, me too. The fourth matchup, Nightmare Before Christmas, the fourth seed at 95%, going up against the Adams Family, the 29th seed at 64%. Nightmare Before Christmas won 61% to 39%. Totally makes sense. Now, before we go further into the bracket, Nightmare Before Christmas, we have had on our bracket before, but we had it on our Christmas bracket because there is that argument of, is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Because it is kind Mm -hmm. of both. Yeah. Yeah, and I it was funny because I think we talked about it. We're like, what do you consider? And I think we determined that it was a Christmas movie or maybe it was a Halloween movie. I can't remember what we determined, but we got votes for it this time. Like that wasn't one that we added. Um, People. Yeah, people requested it. People requested it. And I was like, all right, I have no problem putting that on the bracket. I love that movie. Yeah. But um, the fifth matchup, The Evil Dead at 95 percent versus Friday the 13th, the twenty. Eighth seed at 64%. Evil Dead won 56% to 44%. Another close one. I wanted Evil Dead. Evil Dead was in my top five. Evil Dead's probably in my top three for this list. Yeah, there was a few movies that maybe I don't like them as much as other ones. Like, I really wanted What We Do in the Shadows. I really wanted Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff like that. But then there was other movies where I was like, you know what? I just really want to rewatch that movie. Like, I think that'd be a cool episode. Maybe something that's not been reviewed a million times. Yeah. And Evil Dead was one of them. The next matchup, we had Nightmare on Elm Street, the sixth seed at 94% versus Insidious, the 27th seed at 66%. Nightmare on Elm Street won 66 to 34%. Yep. Yep. That makes I, sense um, to me. Yeah. I That's a movie that always surprises me, that that a Nightmare on Elm Street is at 94%. Like, I know I know it's it's good. People like it a lot. But I feel like that's high. Yeah, it is a little high. That's another one where I would have... I would have pitched it around like mid eighties, mid to low eighties. Yeah. Uh, seventh matchup, carry the seventh seed at ninety three percent versus the ring, twenty six seed at seventy one percent. Carry won sixty seven percent to thirty three percent. That really surprised me. I figured the ring would have more play, it being more modern, and I didn't know if that many of our followers and listeners really had seen carry, unless they. <laughs> Got it confused for the shitty one that came out recently. Oh, maybe. <laughs> no, I 
I think a lot of people have seen that. I would I would hope. I mean, it's really good. Also, I think the ring has a little bit of a stank on it because the the first ring was was good when it came out. I think we were we were both in middle school or high school, and it was kind of like, oh man, this spooky movie that came out. But yeah. Ring Two, you know, the Ring Two sucks, and then Rings that came out, whatever it was like three years ago, is is even worse. Like that movie sucks. Right. So maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe. Ah, uh, I know this this was tough. I I felt for you with this one, like just the way that the seating played out. I was like, God. Oh, fuck but the eighth seed was dawn of the dead at 93 percent, going up against hellraiser the 25th seed literally two percent literally my two favorite horror movies not including the thing which we talk about all the time the thing is like a cross genre it's also sci-fi but in terms of straightforward horror hellraiser and dawn of the dead are my number one and my number two yeah so this was brutal but i i voted on hellraiser and Hellraiser won fifty four percent to forty six percent. Another squeaker, another squeaker. Yeah, there's, there was a lot of close ones in this one. Hellraiser was another one for me where I was like, I'd really like to to watch that again and review that because, again, I know you love it, but I don't I don't know if Hellraiser is like a movie that sits up there like where people will talk about it all the time and stuff like that. I know it's popular. It but- should be. It should be. This is this is one this is one where I'm like super mad at the Swampies for just. How many times do I have to put it on a fucking bracket for you fools to learn <laughs> that I want to talk about it? It is, <laughs> I can make a strong case that it is one of like conceptually one of the best horror movies to come out in that period of iconic horror movies like the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I feel like Hellraiser should be in that conversation as like most iconic characters or most iconic movie that movie is fucking brilliant the whole idea of the cenobites and how they're they're just benevolent there is no good and evil to them they just answer the call of the box and if you solve it they come and they they're t- they take your soul and they they will show you the greatest pleasures in the world but also the most suffering like it is both ends and it is it is the the entire spectrum of of experience and feeling. And then the real monster in the movie is man. It's humans. It's us. We, we are what's good or evil. It's not even these quote unquote monsters, these creatures who come, they, they don't care who answers, who, who solves the box. They don't care. It's not a matter of we're coming to take bad people away. It's just like you fucking solve the puzzle we're dragging your soul with us. Like you're coming with us. Like they don't care who you are, but then the humans, they're the ones who are committing these heinous acts and for all the wrong reasons, they're basically acting out on all of the seven deadly sins, uh, the greed and lust and, and gluttony, like all of these things. Like they are, this movie's fucking genius. And then like the, uh, like as his body is like recomposing, and he, he's like going through the state, it's like he's skeletal, and then he starts like forming muscle and stuff. Like all of that looks fucking crazy. It's so cool. Oh man. And the hooks ripping into his flesh and like ripping him apart. It's brutal. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I know, I know you love it. What I said, does that make like a little bit of, like I feel like people they think about classic horror movies and they're like, oh, you know, Jason, Freddy, and you know, Chucky and stuff like that. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people don't mention Hellraiser, but I I would agree. I would rather watch Hellraiser actually than than like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Hundred percent. I think I think uh, 
I was thinking about it the other day. There's so many good horror movies, and I feel like those characters are like synonymous with horror. And yeah, they help build the genre, but I feel like there's so many more compelling stories. Like yeah. a slasher film doesn't really do it for me as much anymore. That's what I mean. Like Hellraiser has more depth to its story. There's more going on and there's there's more of like a um like a psychological element. There's more suspense to it. Be, and it takes place in one location. It's just in that house essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some stuff early on like when he's getting the box and like there's some things like that, but it's like a it's like a one location movie, which is like super cool. And like the way like the woman's like luring men into there, then like killing them for and like feeding him to base. Oh my god, it's fucking brutal. It's awesome. <laughs> like it, it's not being chased by a monster. It's it's this trap, and you know that it's there, and just like that suspense of like how the scenes play. Like it's so good. It's fucking brilliant. Love Clive Barker. Love Hellraiser. Maybe one. Maybe you can. Maybe you convince enough people where it'll win next year. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We'll we'll get to talk about it eventually. I mean, there's the rebooting it. So fuck. Maybe that. maybe we can do a uh, just like a retrospective episode or something like that. Maybe. But uh, moving on, the ninth matchup of the first round: Shaun of the Dead at ninety one percent versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The 24th seed at 75%. Shaun of the Dead won 72% to 28%. Doesn't surprise me. I love Killer Clowns. Shaun of the Dead was another one in my top five that I I thought would be a really cool episode to do. Same. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead was... I actually thought about it. I was like, a lot of the ones that I... like. There's a few horror movies, but then there's also... like Nightmare Before Christmas is like a family movie. What We Do in the Shadows comedy... Shaun of the Dead comedy. Like I was like, out of the thirty-two movies, I think in my top five, like three of them wouldn't even be horror movies. <laughs> I think I only had two horror movies. It would have been Hellraiser and The Thing, because I loved uh, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, but I was just like, I don't know if I want to do like that as an episode. I feel like, um, I mean, it is great. Actually, you know what? I could probably kill a Dawn of the Dead episode because I know a lot of like the behind the scenes and like making of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that would be another really cool one. But I. I think my top five is the three that I just mentioned. And then there's been a million reviews on this movie, but I just really wanted to watch The Exorcist again. I would have liked to have done The Exorcist. And then mm. uh, and then Evil Dead was the other one. Uh, cool. Tenth matchup, The Witch at 90% versus Monster House. Oh, yeah. 23rd I- seed at 75%. And The Witch won 55% to 45%. Okay, so then maybe the, the, the movies that made it to the final round weren't even in my top 10 because I forgot like the witch was high up there for me. Cause I'm reading the screenplay that you got me mm-hmm. and it's so, it's so fucking good. Like <sighs> reading the screenplay has been like amazing. Like the way that that script reads is so brilliant and poetic. And there's so much subtext in like how certain characters like their what their motivations are and like the emotion that is unspoken in the scenes and it's like you can see it in the acting but to see it on the page and what the intent is is just like a whole nother level yeah i i wanted the witch to win that one i like that movie a lot um in general i just really like that we had monster house on this bracket i think monster house is is a movie that people sleep on i sleep um, i sleep on it i don't know anything about it oh really i mean yeah it's 
I like the movie. I think it's a fun movie in this. But from an animation standpoint, it's got this really weird kind of like dingy quality to it. That's a little little creepy. I, I really like that one. I actually that's a movie that I like found in like an FYE bargain bin like a long time ago. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to check this out. And then I was like, this is actually fucking good. Like, and then I, that got recommended to us by someone. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I'm all about that. Nice. So the 11th matchup, Misery. We've had that on, a, on our brackets before. At the 11th seed at 90%, going up against Scream, which we've also had on our brackets before, at 22 seed at 78%. And Scream beat Misery 69% to 31%. Yeah, no surprises there. I think Misery is a good, like, thriller, but mm-hmm. Scream is a much more iconic character, especially with Halloween. Like, after that movie came out, you would see that mask everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I I want Misery to win that one. I think Misery is a much better movie. Also, definitely, uh, Kathy Bates was you know won an Oscar for that movie. But uh, I I definitely get it. Like you said, it, Scream is in some ways, especially around that time, synonymous with Halloween. Uh, the twelfth matchup, Hell House at eighty nine percent versus Rocky Horror Picture Show. I actually recommended Hell House on one of our recommended uh, episodes. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but uh, Rocky Horror won 65% to 35%. Yep. So I'll tell you right now, Rocky Horror was one that I did not want to do. Just had no interest in doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show review. Yeah, at a certain point, like it made it pretty far, which we'll talk about. And I was just like, I, I don't dislike Rocky Horror, but I, I agree. I didn't want to do an episode on it. And I was like, we might have made a mistake putting this on the list because people <laughs> love that movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we might end up having to do Rocky Horror. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to watch a musical right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wasn't in the mood to it. And I respect it, but it's not something I love. Like, I've I've seen it a bunch. One of my, like, ex-girlfriends, like, loved it, and she watched it all the time. And I was just like, <sighs> dude, like, mm. like four of my ex-girlfriends loved it. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I'm only interested in girls who love Rocky Horror, even though I don't care about it that much. <laughs> Uh, the 13th matchup of the first round, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at 88% going up against The Exorcist, the 20th seed at 83%. This one finished in a 50-50 tie, uh, but winner goes to the higher seed, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre won. It was a bummer for me. I was okay with either from this. It, this kind of goes back to the same. I was like, I don't know if I necessarily want to do an episode on either one of them, and I was pretty confident that they wouldn't make it to the end anyways. Really? You didn't think that the the Exorcist had a chance? I thought the Exorcist could definitely get to like the end. I I think I figured it would get to like the semifinals, mm-hmm. but in terms of like what it was up against and I know that our our listeners are fucking morons, so why would they put, <laughs> pick a really good movie? Yeah. You know, like I I figured like after seeing the damage Casper did to what we do in the shadows, which <laughs> yeah, which was only like the third vote. I had already lost faith in this bracket and our and the Swampies. <laughs> it was funny because you texted me like during the third round and you were like, "These votes are crazy." And I just wrote back like in all caps. I'm just like, "Casper's not even a good movie." <laughs> <laughs> the fourteenth matchup of the first round: The Conjuring at eighty six percent versus Trick or Treat. 
the 19th seed at 84%, the Conjuring one 78% to 22. Trick or Treat was actually one that I want. Like I, I like the Conjuring a lot. I've seen the Conjuring a lot. I haven't seen Trick or Treat that much, and I was just kind of like, that would be like a cool one to, to do. Also, I feel like there's some people that like if I'm one of our if the movie wins, they might go back and rewatch it. So I was kind of like, maybe it'd be cool if like a movie that was like a little bit more under the radar. Uh, you know, one. I could not believe it lost by so much because a number of people requested that movie, and I yeah. really like Trick or Treat. Like mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I like um kind of like anthology movies like that. You know, it's another one we actually probably should have put on the list was Creep Show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Love that movie. Uh, similarly, you know, it's a couple of different stories pieced together, but Trick or Treat, really cool, really cool, like fairly recent horror movie and yeah number of people asked but actually i think is either my buddy tom or my buddy chris messages just like it's like oh dude like what about trick-or-treat and i was like it was on the bracket and it lost in the first round shockingly to the and i never saw the conjuring so i have no i i can't speak to how good that movie is but i figured when I saw that was the matchup, I was like, oh, Trick or Treat's going to smoke it because Trick or Treat is literally centered around Halloween. Yeah. The Conjuring, I think, I mean, The Conjuring was so good it spawned a whole universe of movies. Yeah. You know? well, I, I guess but, I got to uh, watch it. I uh, I really like it. I think the ending gets a little bit cliche in some ways, but there are other parts where there's like visuals that I'm like, that's like almost like burning your brain like, crazy shit happens i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna spoil it because i remember the first time i saw it, i was i was shook but okay but but yeah no it's 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 definitely uh it's a good movie this is another one no interest in reviewing this i'm glad it lost in the first round the blair witch project was the 15th seed at 86 percent. it went up against beetlejuice the 18th seed at 84 percent. and beetlejuice won 70 to 30 hell yeah good good going like Beetle, I yeah, love beetlejuice I, me too. I didn't want to do the Blair Witch Project, but also Beetlejuice was playing at that theater that I went to yesterday. So if Beetlejuice had won, I was going to go to the movies and see it, like oh, rewatch awesome. it in the theater. So that would have been cool. Yeah. So, uh, and the last matchup of the first round, Poltergeist, the 16th seed at 86%, went up against The Thing at <laughs> the 17th seed at 85%. And Poltergeist beat The Thing. <laughs> I was so pissed. So <laughs> fucking pissed. I know that was that was a shocker. Like how many like, times on this show have I said that the thing is possibly my favorite movie of all time, and you fucking swampies can't take the hint. They betray you. I know. Spite of you, I hate him. <laughs> um, moving on to the second round, Kiki's Delivery Service, the first seed at ninety eight percent, going up against Casper, the thirty seed at fifty one percent, and Casper beat. Kiki's delivery service, 58% to 42%. Our number one seed lost to Casper. Casper. <laughs> At this point, I was like, oh my God, is Casper going to go all the fucking way? That's what I I was like, is this movie really going to, is nostalgia going to beat us up that bad? It took out the number one and number two seed. Number three. Yeah, three and one. Oh, three and one? Ghostbusters was two. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, still, three and one. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it it beat movies that have like double its score. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Ghostbusters versus Hellraiser. 
Ghostbusters won 82% to 18%. That I saw coming. <laughs> that upset me based on like the, the seating. Like I was like, th- that's not even fair. Yeah. So like I understand why it lost, but I'm still not happy about it. Yeah. I think when that happened, just based on the gap, I was like, mm, I think I know what's going to win this thing. I yeah. just had a feeling at that point. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas versus Scream. Nightmare Before Christmas won 59% to 41%. Yeah, that one was highly contested during the voting. That was like a pretty much 50-50 until the very end. Yeah. Uh, The Evil Dead versus Rocky Horror Picture Show. Evil Dead won 68% to 32%. Yep, that makes sense. I was very very happy about it. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Me too. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street versus Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice won fifty nine percent to forty one percent. Another one kind of about that one too. I was yeah. excited, kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there are some movies that are lower in like the standings that um, I was definitely rooting for, like not Casper, but there are <laughs> there were some that I was like, I would be really cool if that thing like upset a bunch of like really good movies. Yeah, and uh, this is one of them. Uh, Carrie versus Poltergeist. Poltergeist won fifty six percent to forty four percent. So there you go. Okay, I don't know which one you were rooting for there. I actually, I think I would have preferred to, like, if I had to choose between the two, I would prefer to review Poltergeist. Yeah, same. Shaun of the Dead versus The Conjuring. Shaun of the Dead won fifty nine percent to forty one percent. That one made me happy. Mm-hmm. Same. The Witch versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Witch won 57% to 43%. Yeah, that was another one there. It was close. Obviously, I voted for The Witch, but... Yeah. And it was losing was for, like, most of the day. It was losing, and then it just, like, came back in the end. Yeah. There was a bunch of people who were who just loved the devil that showed up at the end. <laughs> Ugh, those are my people. <laughs> uh, the third round. So, you know, first seed's gone, third seed's gone. Uh, second seed, Ghostbusters. That was the highest remaining movie left. Ghostbusters versus Casper, and Ghostbusters won sixty nine percent to thirty one percent. That's right. Casper got busted. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Before Christmas versus Beetlejuice. Nightmare Before Christmas won sixty two percent to thirty eight percent. That was a cool one because it was Burton versus Burton. Yeah, I don't there's, think we've ever had f- that on on any of our brackets where like one director like two movies by one director had to face off with each other yeah there's a, a few um like move, movies like that that actually had like ties to each other um just in terms of like actors crossing over and stuff that that was yeah. a really cool tie i'm pretty sure um christina ritchie was in two of the movies in this or was she in three but uh oh i don't know i gotta think about that yeah but that was like another one that i thought of i was like oh that's cool Evil Dead versus Poltergeist. Evil Dead won 52% to 48%. Evil Dead squeaked that one out. Yeah, I think it won by like a, two votes. Two or, or three like votes, that. yeah. Yeah. So, Shaun of the Dead versus The Witch. Shaun of the Dead won 60% to 40%. Yeah, this one was tough because, like I said, I really wanted to do an episode on both of them. I haven't watched Shaun of the Dead in a while, so like I wanted to rewatch that, but at the same time, I love The Witch. But then on the other hand, I was just like, if we do a witch episode, I would have wanted to finish reading the script first, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not there yet. I'm probably like, I think I just finished Act One. Oh, okay, 
one thing I was going to say just about like this round in general, I, I thought about it. We start with 32 movies at this point. There's eight movies left. The Witch is like, I think that kind of shows how much people really like that movie. And it's almost in some ways, I think people, it might be like a modern day classic for horror. Yeah. It's, it's probably too early to say or not, but I, I was just thinking about it. And I mean, Shaun of the Dead was also fairly recent. That was, you know, early, I don't know, was that like 2000 seven or something like yeah, somewhere I can't around there I, yeah i mean every other movie is like you know 90s or 80s like ghostbusters casper nightmare before christmas beetlejuice evil deadpool like they're all older movies then you have the witch there, like amongst them so i was just yeah. kind of like oh i thought that was really cool so four movies left ghostbusters versus Shaun of the dead ghostbusters won 56 percent to 44 percent yeah. And Nightmare Before Christmas versus the Evil Dead. Nightmare Before Christmas won 56% to 44%. I'm surprised uh I'm surprised it was that close at that point. Why is that? I don't know. I just I just figured that Nightmare would have just ran away with it. Mhm. Um just just because of a hot topic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was wondering if some of it came down to like do people look at that and they're like it's not a Halloween movie it's a Christmas movie yeah 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 I guess but then again Ghostbusters has nothing to do with Halloween yeah but and then the final Ghostbusters versus Nightmare Before Christmas Nightmare Before Christmas was winning most of the day yeah and Ghostbusters got a few votes towards the end and it ended up at 50% to 50% and higher seed wins. So Ghostbusters won the whole bracket. Yeah. Crazy outcome. The final round, a dead tie. What are the odds? It was so cool to see that happen. It almost made me feel like we should review both movies because we had so like, I looked at who was voting and we have a number of people who will kind of talk to us on social media and, like a number of our friends who actually are like legit listeners. And I, when I looked at the voting, it was like dead split where it's like all of the people who talk to us the most, half of them were on one side and half were on the other. So like the fact that nightmare lost, like I felt bad for, <laughs> cause like I wanted, I almost wanted to pick it because I was just like, yeah, but like, the people who I know have been the most loyal swampies, like from the beginning, voted on Nightmare. But then also a lot of these loyal swampies voted. I was like, damn, like I feel like I betrayed this group of listeners, you know? <laughs> yeah. Including me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I <laughs> voted for. I think I voted for Ghostbusters. Yeah. I would have, uh, and I guess we can start getting into Ghostbusters and all that. But uh, I really like Ghostbusters, but I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and that's it's. I've said it before. It's one of my favorite movies. Also, I, just selfishly, I was like, I'm pretty busy this week. If, I, if we do Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't need to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I kind of felt that way about both of these. I've seen them both so many times, but I did rewatch Ghostbusters and I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I I rewatched actually. All, I watched all three Ghostbusters movies that are out right now. Nice. I, I just went for it. I went balls in on the Ghostbusters. But uh, before we get into the actual review, there's something we're gonna do. Is there? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Colin, because I I know we wanted to talk about the the bracket breakdown. I know mm -hmm. we wanted to 
review the movie that the Swampies voted on. But I figured at this point, it's like, we're pretty deep into the episode. There's no way we could be going to the trailer park. Wow. This is the latest trailer park we've ever done. Like, we're almost an hour in. Yeah. We'll have to make it, like, pretty quick. We could have sworn that we did the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife on an episode. I I have a memory of us doing it, and I went through all of our episodes, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, how have we not done the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife yet? I know. Like, you you texted me, and you're like, I don't think we did it. And I'm like, no, we definitely did. Because I remember remember sitting in your room back when we used to record in the same room together and discussing it. And I could have swore we watched the trailer. But now that I'm looking back and I'm thinking about it, I think it was like after we were recording one day, I was like, oh, did you see they dropped the trailer? And then we watched the trailer, but not on the show. Like I was just showing it to you. Mm-hmm. And then later we talked about it on the show when we did like our most anticipated for 2020. That's probably what happened. There was some, I was going through the episodes and I was like, oh, like there's no way we didn't do that trailer when we like reviewed like Dr. Sleep or something like heart. Like it fits like that theme. And then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, we uh, did like the three popes or some, some shit or like the three Christ for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> like something that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. I don't know so, what we were thinking, but like, yeah, I, I don't think we ever did it. So we're going to talk about it here because it's on brand for this episode. That's right. So let's not, let's not waste any more time. Cause yeah, let's just, cause daddy has to edit it. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it quick. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? Honestly, Finn. my mom won't say it. Yep. We're completely broke. I got mixed feelings about that. The only thing that's left in our name. About him being in it? creepy old farmhouse. Yeah. left us in the middle of nowhere. Well, just if I, if I think he is good or not. Oh, okay. I see. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tech. See this? I don't think he's like the main kid in this movie. No, I don't think he is either. Love Paul Rudd though. Yeah. I don't trust anybody who doesn't love Paul Rudd. (laughs) I know. How could you not? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? Love that Jason Reitman's doing it. Hasn't been a ghost sighting mm-hmm. in 30 years. Yeah, that's really cool. Necessary. New York in the 80s. It's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. Right, that's Egon's son, right? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously. My grandfather yeah. died. He's passed. But I think, yeah, they're they're kind of continuing his legacy by focusing it around his daughter. I don't know if it's his daughter or granddaughter. Are they saying this? Who are you? I think it's daughter. Little Easter egg there with Shandor. Call it luck. Call it karma. I like the voiceover from the first Ghostbusters. I believe that everything happens yep. for a reason. Ooh. Come on, darling. 
has a gunner seat? I like that it's the Ecto-1. Yeah, and not the 1A. The OG. That is how you make a trailer. We've been talking about it. Trailers have been too long lately, and they tell you too much stuff. This gives you just enough. It doesn't necessarily tell you everything about the plot. Like, you know it's a continuation of the legacy without it being a direct continuation of the story. It doesn't It doesn't give you too much. Like, this is nice. Like, it, it gets you excited. You get to see some you know, some memorable things from the first movie. Like you said, using the voiceover from the first movie where Bill Murray, like after they got fired and everything like mm-hmm. this, this has such like a, a nice soft touch to getting you excited for the movie. Like this is, this is what trailers need to be like. And there's not like three I mean, different songs in it. I was going to say they don't even drop. Like it's, it's known already. Like this isn't a spoiler. People know it. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, they're in the movie. Right, and they don't they don't give them to you in the trailer. They don't show them, yeah. That would have been a really cheap and easy way to make people be like, holy shit, but I think they do a lot of really cool stuff. Something that I like a lot about this trailer, too, is there's a lot of subtle details where they don't they don't show you the whole thing. They just show you a glimpse or whatever, but it's it's an either an Easter egg to show that they're really paying attention to like the source material or it's they're th- bringing something back for you. Yeah. And um, like there's one scene, it's kind of in like the middle, I would say of the trailer, but it's uh they're in a house and it's got a stack of books like yep. up to like the ceiling. I'm just like, Oh, that's really cool. Yep. No um, human would stack books like this. <laughs> that it might actually be my, one of my favorite lines from the first movie, dude, we'll talk about it, but <laughs> People, I think, generally don't like the second one or just don't like it as much as the first one. So I think it's really cool that they brought back the original car. Yeah. And uh, like I said, uh, Shandor is uh, in like the mythology of the first movie. There's like the Shandor Mines is one part uh, in this trailer that they show. Yeah, I, I think in general, it's it's really cool. They show the what it's I forget. I think they're called Hellhound. Is that what it's called? Oh, I don't know. But that's what they show. It's it's in yeah. the they show it's Paul, like they're bringing that back. I just think it looks, uh, it looks like they're trying really hard to do right by the source material to make fans happy. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm more excited about this movie. Actually, like it grew on me a little bit over time. I think when the trailer came out, I was like, oh, okay. And then the more I watched the trailer, I was like, actually, this could be really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the right ingredients and just seeing the care that they put into the trailer makes me feel like they're going to really be careful and take care of the story and the legacy of the Ghostbusters. I think having so many of the original people from the first one and the second one like back to do this, I think is is really important. Yeah, I mean, th- there's actually a few points that I want to make that will tie into just like the first movie. So maybe we could we'll get on that in a second. But one thing I did want to say, I can't tell if that hellhound's paw is a puppet or not and they don't really show you any ghosts in this trailer so which is another cool thing yeah it's it's tough to to say but one thing i would you know i'm really hoping for is i'm hoping that they go back to using some puppets with the mixture of cgi yeah because i watched 2016 ghostbusters last night actually 
and um, I don't I don't think that movie deserves the hate that it gets on like the level, yeah, that it gets. It's but I mean I I don't particularly love it, but I don't think it's like dog shit like people say. But the one thing that does bum me out a lot about it is that like everything in that movie is CGI, right? And I think it loses a little bit of the charm uh, that the original movies had. And then if you look at something like Star Wars, where they're rebooting something from like the eighties, the new Star Wars movies, they started bringing back more of the puppets to, cause that brings the feeling out of you when you watch the movie. Um, yeah. And I think, I think if they do it right and I'm just basing it just off, it looks like the claw of that hellhound in the trailer is a puppet. I think it'd be really cool if they go back and they, they do some stuff like that. Um, I think that would be really, really cool, like awesome way to honor the source material. And uh, it, you watch the original movies. And I think when you watch the original movies, there's there's some times where you're like, wow, that looks awesome for its time. And then there's other times where you're like, man, I would that doesn't look great. But I bet if they did that now, that would look fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So do you have anything else? No, man. We got to talk about this movie, dude. This is going to be a four hour right. episode. <laughs> I mean. We're an hour in. How long are we going to talk about Ghostbusters? <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> well, we made it to Ghostbusters. Now, I want to ask you this real quick because, uh, you know, there was other movies that we were rooting for and stuff like that. Do you love Ghostbusters? I do. I really, really do. Like, me not having Ghostbusters in my top five picks for the episode had nothing to do with my feelings on Ghostbusters. It just, it more had to do with how much I really love the other movies and that I felt like they fit more to a Halloween theme. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously there's ghosts in this, but this isn't a Halloween movie, but I do love this movie. Actually, I don't know if you recall or if you know, but the first more faster album, like our full length, it starts with a clip from Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. You actually, I think you mentioned that on the pod like recently. Oh, did I? Yeah, it starts yeah. in rewatching it last night. Oh, also fun fact before we get into like the talks of the movie and stuff. This used to be both Ghostbusters used to be on Netflix. And I knew that because I used to watch it all the time with Logan because Logan loves Ghostbusters, which I think is just cool because mm -hmm. he started loving Ghostbusters in a time where he wasn't watching anything with like human actors in it. He's pretty much just watching animation. It's like all that can keep his attention, but he yeah. loved the first Ghostbusters movie. So I was just like, awesome. You're my son. That and Jurassic Park are the two <laughs> movies that he loved the most that actually had humans in them. And rightfully Those so are two good ones. Yeah. Two very good ones. So I remember it being on Netflix, so I was like, perfect, this one, at least I can just, like, stream it. And then it wasn't there, so I was like, ugh, fine, I'll get up off my couch and I'll put the Blu-ray in. I got up, I walked <laughs> over to my collection. I don't own Ghostbusters. Oh. I couldn't believe I it. I was like, what the fuck? How do I not have this movie? I had it on DVD, but I sold all of my DVDs and have been replacing them with Blu-rays, and that's one I just mm. never got around to replacing. So... I texted my buddy Chris and uh, I asked if I could borrow it. So I went, I went by his place and I borrowed his copy of the movie so I could watch it. Nice. But with all of that being said, after rewatching the movie, I think that scene is my favorite scene. The one that I used the clip from 
uh, mm-hmm. on the song because I used the clip when uh, when Dan Aykroyd's like uh, everything was fine with our system until Power Grid was shut off by Dickless over here and the EPA guys. They caused an explosion. And the mayor asks Bill Murray, is this true? He goes, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> like everything in that scene is brilliant. Even like the aftermath of that, they start scuffling and like they're holding back the EPA guy and Bill Murray's like, well, that's just what I heard. Like <laughs> he's such a, he's such a prick about everything. But like that whole scene is great. Cause that's also the scene when they're just like, you're going to have a, this would be judgment day shit going on. And it's like he's just, it's dogs and cats. Yeah. <laughs> what what is it? He's like, um no, he's like human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> but the way he says mass hysteria is just like so exacerbated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like so all right, first of all, this movie we can just talk about at random because like we don't need to worry about spoilers. Everybody's seen it. And yeah. I was going to say before we actually like I guess kind of review it, like get into that. Well, we can talk about the, all the details, like who made it and all that. Well, I was going to say like stuff leading up to that, I think is really interesting. Like, I don't know how much of that, you know, there's some stuff that I was like, oh, if Sky doesn't know that he's going to really like hearing I th- this. I think I know a lot of it, but, okay. but I will say just real quick and then we can get into it. But like, Watching that scene and just watching Bill Murray throughout this movie, it feels like he just wandered onto set. It did not know the script and just started going. <laughs> like there's so many <laughs> moments where he drops a line and it's so quick and subtle and witty where I feel like he was just reacting to other people's lines. Like it, it, it just <laughs> his his charisma and his just nonchalant kind of dickery. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that's the case and I'll explain why, but I guess just to like tease that he got this, like he read the script for the first time, like less than a week before they started shooting. I believe it. So I mentioned this when we reviewed alien. I love the story behind the making of like a classic movie and like what, you know, everything that transpired leading up to it. Cause I feel like on a lot of occasions, there are many classic movies that had very turbulent productions Oh, like yeah. just getting getting off the ground floor took forever. Ghostbusters was a passion project by Dan Aykroyd. He was writing the movie along with John Belushi. Right, I knew uh, that for the longest time. And yeah, Bill Murray's character was originally going to be played by John Belushi. Yep. The the original script of the movie was it was a lot darker in tone. Like they they said that it was a lot more mature, but also they proposed it and they were like, this thing like back in the eighties was going to cost like $300 million. Like it was way, it was way too expensive because the original draft of it, I think the original draft are called ghost smashers, which I just think is funny. Yeah. It's something ridiculous. And they actually filmed some of the movie with that name. Did you, did you know about this? No. So like the scene when they're, out they're coming out and it's like they're out in the public and at this point like they've they've kind of caught fire and popularity and like they're mm-hmm. going to the the ecto one and all the people are in the street chanting ghostbusters 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 they filmed yeah. that scene with the original name of it and i think there was some sort of issue because there was either a book or another movie from like the 60s or something that had that name but they found out after they started production. So then 
the studio was just like, you can't call it this. Or, or maybe it was they wanted it to be... Uh, there was some sort of issue with the name, and then the studio was giving them pushback on it. And then they were also like, well, this name sucks anyways. <laughs> and then they came, they landed on Ghostbusters. I think they always, they wanted it to be called Ghostbusters, but maybe that was something where they had to fight for the rights to get it. And the studio didn't want to pay for the rights of the name. There was a animated show called Ghostbusters uh, a little bit after it had come out. But like, there's been numerous animated series that are, you know, Ghostbusters and stuff. But there was one that was, I don't know if it came out in the 80s or the early 90s, but uh, it was called The Real Ghostbusters. And the reason they had to tag the real part onto the name is because there was already the show called The Ghostbusters and legally they couldn't have that name. Right. So they had to, yeah. But, um, you know, they, they proposed it. It was going to cost way too much money. So they had to like rewrite a lot of the script. And originally they were going to be like traveling through space and like different dimensions. That's partially why it was going to be, uh, you know, so much money. And the movie was going to start with them as the Ghostbusters as opposed to how it, it, you know, came about. Right. But basically when John Belushi died, they, they rewrote a lot of the script. They, they recast a lot of people, you know, they had to get directors and a lot of people weren't attached to the movie. Um, the uh, Zedmore character played by Ernie Hudson, mm -hmm. uh, that character was written for Eddie Murphy. Right. I knew that. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy turned it down to do Beverly Hills Cop. The character played by uh, Harold Ramis, that was originally supposed to be played by, I think they were talking to Jeff Goldblum and Christopher Lloyd to to play that character at first and they couldn't get someone. And then they were still trying to find someone to play the, uh, the Venkman character after John Belushi had passed. And yeah, uh, I mean, one thing that's really cool about the production of, of Ghostbusters is so many people had worked together on like previous things. Bill Murray was, was tied to a lot of people. Ivan Reitman, who's the director on this movie, he was either, I think he produced animal house, mm -hmm. but he was the director on stripes and meatballs, which had Bill Murray in it. And, um, and Harold Ramis. Yeah, and uh, Dan Aykroyd, I mean, he had worked, you know, extensively on SNL with with people like Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. Actually, I and think Bill Murray. when this, yeah, and Bill Murray, I think when he was coming, doing this movie, he was coming off of an Emmy for SNL. Dude, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover between Saturday Night Live and National Lampoons in that time. Mm -hmm. So, like, they all, like, ran together. It was, like, this whole big clique. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you mentioned uh, Harold Ramis. You know, he did Groundhog Day and Caddyshack, and mm -hmm. he obviously stripes and meatballs and stuff. He's Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis are the the writers on this movie. It was actually when they brought Harold into the you know the fold was when they they made a lot of changes to the movie, and I think a lot of them worked out for the better. And we'll get to why. But when they brought Bill Murray, and the reason I said that it might be true with like his like ad libs and stuff is. They asked Bill Murray, like, hey, we'd really like you to be in, in this movie. We feel like you're the only person that could replace John Belushi for this movie. You know, would you do it? And he agreed, but there was, like, stipulations, basically, in him agreeing to it. Part of it was, like, I'm pretty sure he had to get some sort of, like, royalty for it because he was trying to, like, fund this movie called The Razor's Edge, which he was working on mm -hmm. at the same time. And that was actually... The Razor's Edge may it came out after Ghostbusters, I think, but it was filmed before Ghostbusters, and that was part of it. Is he had to allow them to finish production on The Razor's Edge first, and The Razor's Edge was this movie that he was like, 
super into. He thought that it was going to be his, that was going to get him his Oscar. Um, yeah. And he was, and he's super focused on it. And uh, he, they filmed like overseas. So even leading up to the production of Ghostbusters, they were like trying to get in touch with them and be like, hey man, like you're definitely doing this, right? Because we're shooting soon. They like could not get in touch with them. And right. then when he finally finished production on it, he like got over and uh to to New York to film Ghostbusters and all that and they said he was like sleep deprived like he would he basically got his script and read it and then just spent all of his time like in his trailer in between takes like was not super enthused about it for a while and then I, eventually I think he realized what they were doing and then he got more excited about the project but yeah like he kind of just showed up and and did his thing for for a while on this movie which is funny because that's almost how the Vankman character is in general anyways. It's like he is, it's fun, like Vankman as the character in the movie, he is pushing the, the company forward. He is pushing Ghostbusters forward. I mean, it's, but he's also not doing any of the real work. Everybody else is basically like doing the real science, doing the real like footwork. And he's just the guy who's there like, He's like their hype man, but like even yeah. the way he like carries about doing things, it's so just like go with the flow and like I don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, and I'm just, that's why I'm just like I feel like this is just Bill Murray. Yeah, I could definitely see it. That's why I was saying I would not be surprised if he like got the script and was just like retaining some of the information, but also like I'm gonna just ad lib a lot of things <laughs> into this. And uh, when you talk to or when you hear interviews with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and they're talking about actors that added the most to their characters, like from what was on the page to what you got on screen, they both agree. Bill Murray and uh, Rick Moranis did the most with yeah. their characters. So oh, I love Rick Moranis. The Rick Moranis character, uh, Lewis, that was written for John Candy. Oh, man, I can't imagine that. I mean, I could imagine it because, like, John Candy's also good at playing that, like, I feel like it would have played very differently, like, in terms of, like, Sigourney Weaver trying to avoid, like, I feel like Rick Moranis played it down as, like, he's, like, dweeby, and that's why she's just, like, not interested, whereas John mm -hmm. Candy would be, like, the overly nice but naive, like, to the fact that he's, like, being kind of annoying, like, yeah. I, I would picture him playing it almost closer to, like, an Uncle Buck character, so they said that, I guess they they brought him the script and he was like reading it and he had certain ideas with the character that like, one, I think he didn't believe in the project as much, but what he wanted to do with the character, they didn't feel made sense. Like they said that he wanted the character to be like German and have like these two like uh, like big dogs, like on leashes that he'd walk everywhere with and stuff. And they were like, well, it's like in New York, like that wouldn't really make much sense if you were like German and stuff. And then apparently the day that he declined was the day that they called Rick Moranis and he was just like, yeah, I'll do it. So, oh, okay. but uh, they said Rick Moranis, though, like, I guess he actually came from a tax background. Like he went to school for that. Yeah. So a lot of like the the nerdy like number stuff that was all like ad lib because he he actually knew it really well. It's awesome. So we didn't mention Annie Potts is in this. Right. And she's also she's also coming back for Afterlife, which is really cool. Nice. Man, she's a babe in this. Yeah. Love her character. <laughs> and yeah, obviously Sigourney Weaver we mentioned. So, but yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? 
This is an interesting one because obviously this movie's been out for so long. Uh, it's part of a, the popular lexicon, uh, regular mm-hmm. day-to-day society. Like we all, we all know and love this movie. So I don't know if I, I don't have a lot of notes on like our regular stuff. Like I just have like a lot of my notes and feelings on like what I love about the movie and anything that I noticed on this viewing as opposed to other viewings. One thing I guess we could start with is I think that what makes this movie so great and so memorable and why people love these, these characters is because the character dynamics are so unique from each other and their chemistry is fucking incredible. Like, the way that these characters play off of each other, what they have in common versus what makes them so different from each other, I think is what adds such a level of charm to the movie. Like how how just cold and um, not cold necessarily, but just how straight-laced Egon is as a character and how just on the nose with the science he is, but he still mm-hmm. ha- he brings such a dry humor to it like nothing he says is necessarily intentionally funny like he is not trying to be funny but he is hilarious and then yeah. the childlike nature of uh shit what's what's dan Aykroyd's name in the movie stance raymond stance that's it stance because egon is spangler and then mm-hmm. murray's vankman um yeah it's weird because they always refer to egon as egon but then Vankman yeah. <laughs> is Vank like it's some people are first names, some people are last names. So I always forget Dan. But like Dan Aykroyd has like this childlike fascination with the science. So he's he's part goofy, but also very intelligent. So he's almost like a mix of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis in this. And then Bill Murray's just the nonchalant, I don't give a shit, but like yeah. just this casual cool. And I think about it, I'm like, I don't think Bill Murray is necessarily like handsome or like good looking or at least in a traditional sense but he is like a fucking ladies man like he is such he has such a confidence and like wit about him or i'm just like i'll fuck this dude <laughs> you know what i mean i will but only the one from zombie land too or <laughs> from zombie land yeah there you go i was gonna say talking about dan Aykroyd and his character and stuff it actually makes sense because this movie is a passion project for him, which I said, but also, you know, not only just the fact that he was working on it for a long time, but the source material, like he has an obsession with the paranormal and the afterlife and ghosts and stuff like that. So it would make sense for him to be the one that in the movie feels like he's the most excited and most, um, you know, enthusiastic about what he's doing. So I, I think that's cool. It almost seems like, you know, I can't speak for Harold Ramis, but Bill Murray feels very much like he's almost himself. Like he's comfortable in his character in this movie. Same thing with Dan Aykroyd. And I think that plays off of why the chemistry is so good in the movie. And like you were saying, all the characters are just so different. I really can't think of any two characters that feel redundant in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody serves a very kind of specific purpose. And then even when Ernie Hudson comes in, like, his his character is like he's not he's not the scientist he's not the expert he's just like hungry to get the job and uh you know it is unfortunate because like obviously there's a lot of things that are kind of issues with his character in terms of he was supposed to it was supposed to be a much bigger role and they cut his 
stuff down pretty substantially and he becomes like a real minor player Mm -hmm. um which which is shitty i don't know necessarily what would have been different because we didn't get to see it but i feel like his character has the least story and development in the movie obviously but even when he gets added to the fold like he is a different dynamic added to the group and uh and he still has some like pretty good lines, especially like in the end with like the final, the final battle and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think Bill Murray, no doubt, like steals the show every scene. Like we say this all the time with like new movies, but like I, this is the first time I sat down and like watched watched this movie in a while because, like I said, I'd put it on for Logan all the time, but I'm in and out because I'm like, oh, I've seen it like a hundred times. This mm-hmm. I, I I put on my mood lighting, my ambient lighting. <laughs> I cranked up the sound and I just absorbed in the movie. I la- I've seen this movie so many times. I laughed so much so often at almost every scene. Every scene was killing me. I posted on my um my Instagram the rest of that scene in the mayor's office, like Wendy's screaming the mass stare, like all that. I was cracking up and I watched that scene like six times in a row, just dying every time. It <laughs> it never didn't get a reaction out of me. Every time he does the Bassisteria, I <laughs> cracked the fuck up. There's so many times where I'm just like rolling laughter. Like when they first get to the hotel and they're tracking down Slimer and they like they accidentally blast the maid's cart. And then they're just like, all right, we should split up. And then Bill Murray just quips immediately another line where I'm like, I don't think that was in the script. That sounds like something he would have just said to be a dick. They're like, all right, let's split up. He's like, yeah, we could do a lot more damage that way. (laughs) Every, the comedic timing in this movie is second to none. Like I, I, I think after watching it this time, I could confidently say this is like top 10, one of the funniest fucking movies ever written. Damn, that's that's a that's a statement. I I think I could confidently say that it is so funny, and everybody is funny in this movie. Rick Moranis is funny. Um, Sigourney Weaver is great to play off of for Bill Murray, and literally every character in this has at least one, two, or three really funny moments or they are an accessory to a funny moment even if like they are not the one being funny like the epa character but him being mm-hmm. there as like this enemy to the ghostbusters but really for vankman to play off of and fuck with everybody adds a, a hilarious element to this movie yeah i i agree with that i was gonna say i think and it kind of plays off the humor that you're talking about because it's resonating with you and there's a lot of other things that go on along with this, but I think one of the things that makes this movie so great is this movie has humor in it that I feel like is humor that mainly adults will appreciate. Like there are really well constructed jokes in this movie. Whereas I feel like in the second movie, there's a lot more almost like slapsticky jokes or the jokes just aren't as well written. They're more visual gags. That I think kids can enjoy a little bit more. Yeah. This movie's a lot more dry and sarcastic. Yeah, and then I think if you are a kid watching this movie for the first time in the 80s or whatever, there are, you know, it's there's the colorful moments, there's the ghosts that are, you know, very puppet-like and stuff like that 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 you will appreciate. But I feel like there this movie has an excellent blend of 
things that people are going to love regardless of whatever age they are. There's plenty of jokes that you're not going to get as a kid, but as an adult, you're going to love them. And then there's plenty of things that even as an adult, you might appreciate, but as a kid, you're going to be like, oh, I love the way, like, you know, these characters look. And we haven't even gotten to that. There are the like iconography, if you want to call it that, of like this movie is insane. Oh, yeah. Like, so with Slimer and Stay Puft and stuff like that. Dude, Slimer, um, Stay Puft, the Ghostbusters logo, the Ecto-1, the Proton Packs, like there is so, so much. Because I actually thought about that too. I was like, most movies are lucky to have one character or image that becomes iconic. And this movie has like five or six. Yeah, I know. I think this movie, the jokes are good enough where you're going to appreciate them even as an adult because they're just such well-written jokes. But then even kids are going to be amused by it too. And I think that's why the movie resonates so well is when you watch it as a kid, there's certain reasons why you love it. But then when you watch it as an adult, there's even more reasons to love it. And it just ages extremely well. Oh, absolutely. Like the scene when they first show up to the hotel and like they got a call. It's the first call. And they're just like, um, Annie Potts is on the phone with them. And she's like, yep, they'll be totally discreet. <laughs> and then it cuts to like the fire alarm and then the Ecto-1 and it's just and it's super loud. And then right when they walk in, the first thing that happens is they, they throw the door open and Bill Murray shouts, anyone see a ghost around here? Like, <laughs> nothing discreet at all. They got these giant proton packs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're exterminators. There's a cockroach up on 12. Well, that must be some cockroach. <laughs> Bite your head off, man. So this... It's fucking brilliant. And again, it like so much of it just feels like they're just they're just letting them go and uh yeah, like totally agree with you. Like I said, my son, my 4-year-old son finds appeal in this movie, a movie with human actors in a time when and he's been he's been loving this movie for like at least a year and a half now. Like probably he was like two and a half, almost 3 years old when he first started like really liking it. And I think it's because it's because of those ghosts. It's because it is it is fun. Like the car is loud. It's flashy. Like there's so much about the movie that is appealing to younger people. And like I loved this movie when I was a kid too. And then going back as an adult, like the ghost BJ, I didn't know what that was when I was a kid. Oh, oh yeah, That's... but but there's straight up a ghost blowjob in this movie. There's a blowjob yeah. joke. Like it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, like. This is that time where it was like, I think this movie is PG, but it should be PG 13. You know, it was that time yeah. before PG 13 was a thing. But if they had made this movie post to that, it would have 100% been PG 13 because it's just like yeah, some of the sexual so. jokes and things like that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this real quick just because it ties into something that I wanted to point out for uh, Afterlife. Or not point out, but just hope for. Mm -hmm. We were talking about like how iconic some of the visuals are in this movie or characters. And we mentioned Slimer. I don't know if you knew this or not. Slimer was originally uh, a lot like uglier looking and he was called Onion Head. And then after John Belushi had died, they they changed the facial features of Slimer to look more like John Belushi from Animal House. Yep. I knew that. So Slimer, yeah. So Slimer is a tribute to John Belushi. Like I think people joke that it's the ghost of John Belushi. Which is a funny way to tribute, like, because it's like it's their friend. They obviously love him, but it's just like, yeah, here's your tribute. You're Slimer, this disgusting <laughs> yeah. blob of a ghost that's just shoveling hot dogs in his mouth. In his mouth, yeah. But uh, I think it would be really cool 
if there is a ghost in afterlife that could somehow possibly look like Harold Ramis. Yeah, some and they kind of continue. After. Yeah, like they kind of continue that. I don't legacy of like honoring people within the franchise or whatever, because he's not going to be in it. I think if they do something like that, I'm almost positive that Slimer is going to be in the new one. Like, how could you not do it? But they, it would be really cool if there's a new ghost. That's that's an Egon uh, tribute. Right. I was just thinking about that. So I do have one like kind of negative on the movie. Okay. And maybe it's because I watched one and two in the same day, but I, I definitely feel like it applies to the first one. I don't always buy the love interest in, in this movie. I, okay. So I could, I could agree to that. It doesn't bother me so much. Kind of what bothers me a little bit is in relation to that is that I feel like um, Sigourney Weaver is kind of underutilized for this movie, especially considering like how great she is as an actor. Like I feel like she's like a little bit underutilized and yeah, basically the only reason that she ends up liking Vankman is that she sees him on TV a bunch while she's like chopping onions. Yeah. They do that in both, both movies where it's, especially in the first one, she kind of like, it doesn't seem like she's interested at all. And then she sees him on the TV in like a montage and she's like, Oh man. And then like, she's interested And it. Something kind of similar happens in the second one too. Yeah. Um, but in general, in both movies, she's just the damsel. And I guess like in that time that the movie came out, that was kind of part of the course and movies are getting a little more progressive, but th- that she really is just kind of like there to be the love interest and also to get rescued. <laughs> yeah. I get that, uh, you know, the, the Bill Murray character is like kind of charming and witty and stuff. But there are times, especially in the first movie, when they're talking, like when they they meet at the fountain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And th- there's times where I'm just like, I don't, I don't buy her character being interested in Bill Murray. Yeah, like it's it happens pretty quickly. I'd say she was a gold digger, but apparently she's fucking loaded because like goddamn celloist or whatever she is makes yeah. bank because her apartment is gorgeous and that's in like she's living off of central park like she's what on the upper east side upper west side that is mm-hmm. not cheap even in the 80s that is not cheap she's like penthouse apartment like that's millions of dollars and she just plays a fucking stringed instrument for an orchestra yeah <laughs> we're both in the wrong field we are. We, we and she's not are. even like first chair or anything. No, not not at all. Another thing that I love, I don't know what you think, but I love the structure of the movie, in particular the pacing and what they choose to do with it because one of the things that was in the original script was they wanted that Marshmallow Man in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think if you read a script and you're like, there's a fucking giant Marshmallow Man walking around the city, you're like, the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> but uh, the way that they outline this movie the the events that happen in the way that the characters are i think is really smart in that when the movie starts up you have like the bill murray character or bill murray's character is definitely somewhat skeptic in the beginning of the movie oh for sure and i feel like you as the audience are almost that character a little skeptic of what goes on and then they reveal a little bit more and more throughout the movie because they're not the Ghostbusters at first. They set up everything. And then by the third act, when that giant climax comes around, you can believe that that's happening now because they've set up all the other things throughout the movie to basically convince you, yeah, this could happen. Yeah, there was a gradual buildup to the ridiculousness. Exactly. But like you say, with Stay Puffed being the thing, and it's like, 
you know, Dan Aykroyd's character is the one who like manifests that and everything. I'm like, that's that's even funny. And he's just like, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I just figured it'd be like soft and like easy. But then it's like this ridiculous character, but it's also still terrorizing a city. So it's there's like that kind of contradiction of it being like a soft and sweet thing, but then it like gets the evil eyes, and then you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> like it's still a monster. <laughs> but uh, I. Something I love the way that looks in the movie. Oh yeah. Again, iconic. I used to have like from back in the day, like the Stay Puft marshmallow, like this figure that is like fairly big. Like it wasn't just like a regular action figure. It was like pretty big. And I used to have that just on my TV, but something I never noticed because I just watched the movie in the past without trying to like, you know, review it or like really analyze it and stuff. The Stay Puft marshmallow i was like is that a is was that a thing from back in the day or did they invent that for this and i think they invented it for this because you actually see the logo and marshmallows throughout the movie in different places have you have you noticed that before i haven't noticed that but i do agree with you i'm pretty sure they made it up for this movie so in the scene when sigourney weaver puts the eggs on the counter and they start exploding there's she also puts down a bag of marshmallows and it's stay puffed marshmallows Oh, wow. So that's that's behind the eggs as they're exploding. So the exploding eggs take the focus, but then you realize there's like, holy shit, there it is. And then after they release the ghosts in the basement of like their of their uh, of the firehouse and it's mm-hmm. all exploding out of the roof and it pulls back to show the explosion out of the roof. You see a building near the firehouse has a billboard for Stay Puff Marshmallows. So that's probably why it was in his head when he was just trying to think of anything, like they were trying to think of nothing and he was just trying to think of something that was like soft and innocent. It was probably in his head because they see the billboard all the time because it's literally right next to their station. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. whoa, that's like a really cool, interesting detail. So it, the, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man actually pops up a few times in advertisements throughout the movie leading up to the finale. It's almost like Red Apple cigarettes in Tarantino's movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man, the cigarettes in this movie. Everybody smokes cigarettes. Oh, I, I was like, well, you don't see that anymore. <laughs> With uh, just on the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, I'm almost positive I would bet money on it. I'm not, sh- you know, don't quote me, though, I guess. But I'm almost positive that it is made up for this movie. And, yeah, they, they probably, I didn't notice that, but they probably had it advertised to have it in the back of your mind and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure the actual like joke is that it's a it's like a spoof on the Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh yeah, because it definitely looks like that. So I think they made it up and it's kind of like oh like we're doing our own riff on that. Yeah. The CGI in in parts of the movie mm-hmm. I think for the time is is really good. Like there's oh, some yeah. things that I'm like that looks great. There's other things though that I I thought looking at that I was like I feel like during this time that doesn't look great. I don't know. Did you get that feeling? No, not really. Because again, I put myself in just like for that time. I was like, I mean, I don't know what else was out around that time to really compare it. See, like I was, I was thinking about in particular the hounds and how they like run and stuff like that. There's, oh yeah, it's very clearly in front of a green screen. There's even like kind of like the outline of the green screen on it and stuff like that. And I don't know, you know how they would have done it, but I was thinking, I'm like alien came out like five years before this. Right. And that looks way better than that. So there's there's some things in this. That's why I said earlier, there's some things in Ghostbusters, like the original that I'm like, that looks awesome. Like, I would love to just see that updated 
in you know with a puppet or however they do it exactly the same way in the new one and then there's other things like the hellhounds or something like that i'm like it would be really cool to see that with like an up- updated version you know updated green screen technology all that because yeah. i don't think it looks as good in this movie but you know talking about their budget and stuff the studio only gave them uh 25 million dollars originally to make this movie mm-hmm. um and then they ended up giving them 5 million more after the fact that was a decent sized budget but i think the amount of concessions they had to make to downscale it, they were probably really stretching their budget on this movie. So that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Just a, a cool fun fact. Two movies came out on the same day. It was Ghostbusters and then another movie that used a lot of puppets and stuff. And that was Gremlins and Ghostbusters ended up making like $300 million off of, off a $30 million budget, which is crazy. And then Gremlins, I think Gremlins, I don't know what the budget on Gremlins, but Gremlins made like 200 million. But yeah, two movies that are like iconic came out on the same day and they just killed it at the box office. That's nuts. And that's 80s money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody's probably seen this movie. People love this movie. No surprises there. It's just so, I I forgot how good it was. So I'm, I'm so happy, even though this isn't one of the movies that I necessarily was rooting for to win for a Halloween episode. I'm so happy like I got to rewatch it and actually soak it in and pay attention to like what I like about it because it's like I shouldn't have been surprised and I shouldn't have forgotten because like I said that I do love this movie. Was this on either of our top 50 movie lists? It had to have been. It wasn't on mine. I don't know if it was on yours. I feel like it should have been right. Like, But, but here, here's the thing. Like we've said it before. There are movies that we've watched like since we put that list together. And we're like, oh, that should have been on there. That's. Sh- this is probably one of them. Like this is, there's a few on this bracket that I was like, that should have been in my top 50. Yeah. Top 50s are really hard. Yeah. It's not, it's not accurate. Not accurate <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> but at least we can make it up with this. Why don't you give me tomato tomatoes? Tomato tomato, the critics, they are bringing this movie in at a 97%. So that's the, that's a A plus. That's the bottom of A plus, right? Yeah, that's the low end of an A+. plus Or the high, high end, end of an, of an a. a, I don't know. Yeah, that's right in the middle. But yeah, 97%. Tomato, the audience, they've got it at an 88%. So it's basically Whoa. an A plus to a B plus. Crazy. Um, I'm going to say tomato. Mm-hmm. And I would give this an A. Okay, Nice, cool. solid A. I would go with the high end of A. So if a 97 is the top of A, then I'll say that I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works, right? So like a Yeah. Like yeah. 90, 91, 92. It's like an A minus. Or 93 yeah. still A minus. I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing works. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The ranges are weird. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would say solid A. The only reason it's not an A plus, I guess, would just be the underdevelopment of Ernie Hudson's character and the utilization of Sigourney Weaver in the movie. I feel like both of those are lacking. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, this is tough because I love this movie. I feel like saying tomato has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. I want to give it an A minus. Unfortunately, that's closer to tomato. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess I'm going tomato and an A minus. Okay. Um, And really the only reasons for that is the love interest. Exactly what you said with the utilization of, of the Ernie Hudson's character. And, uh, you know, I, I don't buy the love interest. But then another thing that I, I didn't mention in this, 
I don't think this is the focus on the movie. And I think this is something that's really more so just something that has come out of movies recently. Mm-hmm. And people have realized that this is kind of what, what you need to do for a villain to really like capture people. So I can't really fault it based on the standards of the time. It's more so just my preference, but I, there's really not much to the villain in this movie, like any of them. The yeah. ghosts are one thing. They're just there to be caught and stuff. But then there's kind of the, you know, the one guy who's like the health inspector or whatever you want to call him. And I think he's just kind of a foil to be there. Yeah. But um, yeah, just for those two reasons, uh, it's an A minus for me. But I, I mean, I, like I said, I love the movie. It's so much fun to watch. And I'm really excited for, for the new one. Yeah, me too. This got me more excited for the new one. Yeah, one thing that I, with the new one, I'm really hoping, and we, we had mentioned it earlier, but like this movie appeals to adults and kids. And the movie, I don't even think we mentioned this, but the movie is actually kind of scary at times. Oh, like for sure. For for a kid, there are definitely moments where you're like, that's kind of pushing it for like a younger kid. They they probably you know with the hands grabbing her on the chair and dragging her towards the dog. Oh yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, and then if you watch like the second one. The second one is much more goofy. Like the there's all like the pink slime. It actually <laughs> reminds me of like Ivan Ooze. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if the powering just pulled from that. But it's just more even even the uh the ghosts, they look much more Muppet like. Like there's a scene in the courthouse in the second one. Like I think they toned down the scariness for the second one. I hope they bring back the I guess scare factor for the the third one. Yeah. And it seems like they're pulling a lot more from the first one, but yeah, I hope they do that. Also, we didn't mention the theme song slaps. Yeah, you know that's what I was just about to say. It's funny. Uh, I was watching it, and then it was like, "Who are you gonna call?" And it says Ghostbusters. And then Brianna said, uh, "Maroony." She was like, "Maroony." I was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" And then she was like, "As a child, like there was a car dealership near our house, and their like ad played on the radio constantly, and it was literally just the Ghostbusters theme." saying who you're going to call Maroonie because it was like Maroonie auto. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How do you get away with that? I was, yeah, that's I was like, how did they not get sued? <laughs> too small, too small time to ever get caught. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is, this is fun. This is fun. Actually, uh, I looked it up because I was watching the movie and I was like enjoying it so much and stuff. And I thought about that with the top 50. I was like, how is this not my top 50? You're fucking stupid. But then I looked it up because I also don't own this. And I was like, have they made this on 4K? And they do make it on 4K. It's on Amazon. It's cheap. It's like 12 bucks on 4K right now. Oh, shit. So I bought Yeah, so I bought it. I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, now that I know I don't own it, the copy I borrowed from my buddy Chris is actually a... uh, it's like a two pack. It's number one and two. And it's in like this this nice like hardcover like book kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it the black one? It's like black with the Ghostbusters logo on the front. No, of it? it's like a blue marbly looking one, or blue like smoky looking one, and then it has the Ghostbusters oh, okay. logo on the front. But oh, um, cool. but yeah, I might I might just get that exact one. Actually, Tom posted he found it used. It's that same exact copy. So nice. I might track that down, grab it for myself, just so I could just so I could rewatch it again. Yeah, twas twas We're a just good time. For the collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope the Swampies had a good time with the Halloween times, our last episode of, of the Halloween month, and now we got to figure out what the hell November is like. We got, uh, actually, so I watched Ghostbusters last night. I almost watched Borat 2 last night, but then I was just like, no, I should probably like work on some other stuff <laughs> instead of just watching a movie, but 
That's going to be next week, right? Yeah, I was going to say, Borat 2 will be, or Borat, subs, what is it, subs, subsequent, yeah, I don't even know how to Borat pronounce it. Borat 2 subsequent movie film. Yeah, subsequent movie film, which also, I don't like that title, just, just saying it. Yeah, we will see, because obviously there's a lot of controversy that's come out that's not shown in the trailer, but we'll talk about that. Have you seen that without spoiling anything? No, I haven't. Yeah, I'll talk to you about it after we're done recording here. Also, oh, I almost forgot. I wanted to mention this on last week's episode. I briefly mentioned how there were like a ton of articles coming out about Hubie Halloween and Netflix when that dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see the one? There is a there is a uh, a news anchor and she's one of the yep. Harley Quinns. I was going to mention this and I forgot about it also. Yeah, and she got fired from her real news anchor job in like Boston or whatever because she yeah, was in the movie. In. Yeah, I saw that. What a way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> On Hubie Hubie Halloween ruined her real life news anchor career. Like she just showed up for a cameo, but it went against her contract or something. Yeah. I'm assuming maybe it was just a thing where it was just like if you're part of like like a non-compete type thing, even though it's not working for an actual news station. I wonder if it was something in there where it's like you can't make money from like, you know, another platform type thing and that that's what broke it. Yeah, maybe. Or or just kind of like using your image in a dog shit Happy Madison movie. Like they have a Happy <laughs> Madison clause in contracts now for TV personalities. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't like, know. But but she, what a bummer. She was able to... She was able to work around so she could be in like a Will Ferrell movie, but they're like absolutely not an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, she had to fight We're for drawing that. the line there. <laughs> She's yeah. like, fine, I won't be in an Adam Sandler movie, but can I be in a Will Ferrell movie? They're like, we'll allow one. <laughs> you got one pass. Yeah. I saw that she got fired. I The comments on that were infuriating because I saw it come up on like Instagram or something. Yeah. And I clicked on the, the comments and like one of the first ones was, was this lady and she was like, I am so ashamed that you thought that you could do this. And I was like, what? And then, like, I, <laughs> it's like, you're so ashamed. Like, she basically was like, you must have just thought that you were too big for your britches. So you went and did a three second long cameo in Adam Sandler's film. You yeah, right. Hussy. And I was like, what? And it makes sense. And there was like a bunch of people like commenting on it too that were like ripping on her. I'm like, what's wrong with that? Like, yeah, why wouldn't she do it? She is a she is a Boston news anchor. It takes place in Salem. I'm sure they just wanted it to be like, oh, look at this cool like homage to the area. Like, you know, like it's the movie takes place in Massachusetts. She's a prominent newscaster in a major metropolitan area in Massachusetts. It's just like a it's just a nice little it's just a quick little cameo. And it's for locals to see that and be like, oh, holy shit, that's cool. Like, yeah. And it ruined her career. <laughs> yeah. She'll she'll fall back on her feet. I love I love that next somehow <laughs> Happy Madison movies don't ruin Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, David Spade, uh Kevin James's career, any of those guys, Chris Rock's career, Tim Meadows' career, Maya Rudolph's career, doesn't have any effect on their careers, even though they are a focal point of those movies. And this poor girl has one like two minute cameo in a movie and it like it does this. Like, yeah, she's the only person who actually is affected by how being in one of these shitty movies. <laughs> Everyone else totally unscathed. This poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the, the Harley Quinn like thing, I actually think was one of the more like clever 
things in the movie. I don't even know if it's clever. I just thought it was a fun it was a good commentary. Bit. Yeah, because I was just like, yeah, it's true. That is probably like everybody's fucking dress as that character. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like one of the actually good jokes in the movie is the one that people are like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you dumb shit. How, shit. how dare you be in this movie? Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with but us? Then Sha- but then Shaq can talk like a woman and, and make out on screen for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and ESPN's like, we're cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> this is our image. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what we want. All right. Well, we hope you guys got whatever it is that you wanted. Thank you guys so much again for participating in the bracket. Love doing them. We'll probably will have our next bracket for Christmas, right? We might need to do one before Christmas because <laughs> other than Borat, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Slim Pickens. We're going to we're going to post up a bracket like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's just the help us fill an episode bracket. Well, you know, little little peep on the curtain right before we go, but we're talking about doing a swampy bracket. We won't we won't divulge anything more than that. Yeah, we will do an episode reviewing one of you swampies. So you just enter your names into a hat. We will do a deep dive on Google and your Facebook and Instagram and your Twitter. We will see if we could find anything, as much information as we can about you. Then we will review you. Tomato, tomato, we might have to skip for that segment, but we will absolutely give you a grade. <laughs> on a scale of 100. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I love when people use scales 100s to grade things. I, I, I was listening to this hockey podcast and they were like grading shots and they're like, well, if this guy's shot is like a 93, then this guy's shot's like an 84. And I was like, where do you come up with these numbers? Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep it simple. It's like based on like, what? Yeah. Just all like over the place. 83 and a half. Like, yeah. Well, all right. So Swampies, we're going to grade you on a scale of like one to two and a half thousand. Yeah. <laughs> And there's actually letters in between, like, the, but they're not like A, B, C, D. They're all like Q, like they have different, they, you know, there's different symbols. Yeah. An ampersand in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's squiggly up, line. We make up a lot of rules on this show, so why can't we make up our, our own grading system? Yeah. All right. On a scale of one to purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would you... <laughs> I'll give you the nurple, the nurple, the purple nurple. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of grading things and ways you can rate things, you should rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star rating and a written review, and you will be entered in to win some free stuff. If you and if you want to see what some of that stuff might look like, you can go to two dudesmoviereviews dot com. And if you want to pay attention to what we're doing, what, our, what moves we're making, and what brackets are coming, and you want to participate on the next bracket, follow us at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. If you want to see me uh, bitch and complain about the stupid Swampies and and what movies they vote on, or just what music I'm listening to that day, you can follow me at Sky Two Dudes. And if you want to see everything that I've done two years ago. <laughs> You can follow me at Colin Two Dudes. That's right, because you don't really you don't really use your Instagram much. No, I occasionally, but not really. And I forced you. I was like, I was like, I'm changing my name to Sky Two Dudes. You have to change your name to Colin Two Dudes on Instagram. And you're just like, I don't give a shit. 
I was like, oh, peer pressure. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm active on there now. I'm more active on there. You can see what I'm up to. And uh, and then you can message me directly, and then we can talk shit about Colin. Yeah. <laughs> or you can message Colin directly and talk shit about me, but he just won't. he probably won't get back to you right away. Or you can message me and talk shit about me. <laughs> yeah, or you can message Two Dudes Movie Reviews page and talk shit about either of us. <laughs> both of us at the same time you guys fucking blow and we'll just be like alright guy thanks for who? listening <laughs> who who do we blow <laughs> who don't we blow <laughs> yeah that's a t-shirt that's a t-shirt and that's a video for our OnlyFans <laughs> so check us out OnlyFans.com backslash two dudes one movie <laughs> <laughs> and on that note Suck it, Swampies. Keep on rolling, baby. No tapenies. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. All right. I just got to move in and move out. <laughs> I just got to do it. <laughs> I'm also thinking maybe I have to put my hands up and then maybe I'll put them down too. <laughs> All right, Colin. I'm gonna need you to back up. <laughs> back up. Why don't you? Why don't you tell me what you're gonna do now? You know, what? I think I'm just gonna keep <laughs> rolling, 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 rolling. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Now I know y'all been loving this shit right here. L. I M P biscuit is right here. <laughs> oh man. You know what I love? I love it when all of the people like in the house put their hands in the air. Well, it's it's only because if you don't care, then we don't care. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to like count all the ways in my head that that would make sense. I was like one, two, three times two to the fifth. Yeah, and I was just—I just realized I was just—I was—I was, I was taking too much time to think about it. But really, all I was doing was actually just jonesing for my fix of that Limp Biscuit mix. <laughs> Where the fuck you at, punk? Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> Back the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, all right, let's start recording. I'm about to fuck this track up. <laughs> You should definitely put that as like a bonus. You were recording, right? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be that's definitely gonna be at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just us riffing on the biscuit. <laughs>